The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Until noon, Zubin Mahente coming up in about 20 minutes. Talk to Zubin. Find out how it's going for him as they launch the new ESPN morning show. Uh, Zubin Mahente has joined us for years, and he's going to continue to do so grateful for that. This time tomorrow, Cappy, speaking of new shows, uh, boy, a couple of our regular guests yeah. in new slots, right? Uh, Cappy's on live in Chicago in the mornings now. He's doing morning drive, so works out well for us. Instead of having to tape them, we'll actually get them live every Wednesday. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cap will join us at 11.05, so 24 hours from right now. But right now, it's time to talk college football, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. They've all released their schedules. Abama, uh, good to talk to you. Trent and Ken, how are you? Oh, doing great, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, Trent uh, discovered this yesterday, and I bought what he was selling uh, because somebody that... Uh, Cole Kubik. Cole Kubik, a pretty big name, mm-hmm. uh, covers the SEC, tweeted mm-hmm. out, he teased us a little, Bama. He put out that the SEC has capitalized, ironed out their schedule. For week one. For week one. So we anticipated Mm -hmm. that are they going to uh, (laughs) give us this right off the bat? In fact, I I tweeted you, and you thought it was such a ridiculous tweet, and never even responded. <laughs> but uh, so, but that's not the case. They're going to play it late in the year. But just you know, uh, just your t- your take on what you saw from the uh, SEC, and then I want to go into a couple of weeks, um, you know, in in particular. But so, what did you think when you saw the schedule? What jumped out? Well, a couple of things. You know, you mentioned the the rivalry game, and I I tell you what's got everybody. I don't know in, in our state at least. Of course, you know the whole Alabama. Conspiracy, uh, you know, the two games that they add out of the East are Missouri and Kentucky. Yeah, that's fortunate. While, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas has Florida and Georgia. So, uh, you know, there's one. If you look at Arkansas' schedule, Ken, I've never, ever seen anything. I mean, that is that is 0-10. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, all over it. And that's if they were a decent team, and they're not. But um, the other thing, of course, with, with the Iron Bowl is, obviously, it's not the year end, it's the next to last game mm-hmm. uh, this year. It's at Bryant. And this is, of course, the caveat is if we all, you know, if we get there. But let's just assume and hope that we do. It's the next to last game of the year. It's in Bryant Denny Stadium. Auburn the next week hosts Texas A&M while Alabama Ooh. goes to Arkansas. So again, a little, is there a little SEC or Alabama bias? I don't know. It's obvious to me, and I've read a lot of this, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't analyze it on my own. I just I read some uh, stuff as they were, as the schedule was coming out. They did the best they could to avoid the the reason that that Arkansas got such a loaded schedule, Missouri got such a loaded schedule. You know, adding Alabama uh, and LSU is so they could avoid uh, Alabama, Florida in the regular season. Um, they didn't want that because Alabama, Georgia is already scheduled to play and were scheduled to play in Bryant-Denny, uh, and that's now week four, October 17th. So if you had added Florida and made it kind of a true balanced schedule, there's no way you weren't going to have, you know, a repeat of a of a game in the SEC championship game. LSU does not play Georgia, so 
I think what they're aiming for is mm. either Alabama, Florida, or LSU, Georgia in the SEC championship game, and so you don't get a repeat of a regular season. But um, listen, it is what it is. It's all weird. It's you know to go ten conference games for years. The SEC has taken hits over you know you only play eight, you should play nine, all that kind of thing. And I've seen a lot of momentum now, or some momentum about you know hey just. Keep your three, you know, permanent opponents, rival games, and then just rotate, you know, the other six or whatever it happens to be, and forget the whole division. You got to play by any division, all that kind of thing. Don't know what that will get there, but it's interesting to say the least, and it's going to be really, really weird having another game. There's also a two week break between the end of the season and the SEC championship. Yeah, that does surprise me. Bama. I found that odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you know, listen, I, the schedule that I saw it says. I guess the Big 12 and the ACC, I, have they finalized? The, yes. Because it, it says either December 12th or the 19th. So, Well, if they have to build in an extra week, that's what they're doing. They hope to play on the 12th. For the Big 12, that's when okay. they can get Jerry World. If it's the 19th, yeah. they can't get it. The building's taken. They're, they'll actually okay. play their championship game at the new home of the ten- Texas Rangers. Is it Global Life? Global Life, yeah. yeah Global Life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yuck. Yeah, no, not yeah. the well, same I guess as Jerry. It doesn't matter. No fans. Yeah, so who yeah. cares? Or maybe some fans by then. Let's. Oh, right. can we have twenty percent by then? Maybe who knows? Take us down to your stomping grounds down there in Alabama. Is it all systems go? How much pushback is there for this college football season, if any, that you're hearing, or everybody just raring to go and let's get to September twenty sixth and see these games kick off? You know, Grant. I mean, to answer your question, the short answer is it's just all systems go. I mean, everybody, there are a lot of people down here that just think that, hey, listen, we got to ride this out. It's going to run its course. Yeah, people are going to get sick. Oh, these are young athletes. They're not even susceptible to it, which we know is false. Uh, if they get it, they'll recover from it. There's no real side effects, which we kind of now know might be false as well. Um they're making fun of the Big Ten. You know, schools are opening. Mm-hmm. We've already had, you know, we had one school that was open a week, uh, high school, uh, in-person class only, and now they're all shut down after a week because 300 kids have tested positive. Out of, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just all systems go. There's some stuff uh, on in, you know, the guy who covers Alabama for the Tuscaloosa News. He's a great follower. His name is Cecil Hurt on Twitter and they're, you know, they have what they call bid day, which is, you know, sororities and all those kind of pledges. And Tuscaloosa was packed this weekend. I mean, absolutely packed bars, restaurants, no social distancing, no mask, everything. So the, the mentality of it is we're just, Hey, listen, it's football season. The big 10, the pac 12 or sissies, they're idiots for not going through. We're going to show them it's going to work there. I mean, I have seen nothing um, Greg Sankey has said all the right things. Listen, we're just going to keep going. If things change, if we have to shut down, we will. I don't know what that's going to take. Um, I think you're going to see an outbreak amongst one of the one, at least one, if not multiple teams, as we move along. I think what what the what the SEC has done in moving this back to you know really late September is pretty smart because they've already started you know colleges are going back to school now campuses are open um, fall practice has started I think what they're hoping is any outbreaks that we have let's get them over now give us two or three weeks 
to let it run its course, almost like a flu bug, although we know this isn't the flu. Let's let it run its course, and then, you know, we'll have teams ready for, you know, in September and early October to play games. So it, it there, there is no there is no governor on this. It's just it's full steam ahead, and if they don't play it, it's, you know, you're going to have a riot down here. Basically, what it amounts to. Yeah, the uh, the uh, schedule came out in the, in the small print, and it was really tiny, subject yeah. to change. <laughs> I missed it the first yeah. couple of times I looked at the uh, uh, the aggregate schedule. Anyway, subject to change. Uh, Bama, you know, you mentioned the Big Ten, and, and look, it, it's a story now, but it is going to become such a bigger story on the on opening week of conference play the big 12's going on the 12th of September um but the ACC uh, the ACC going early too regardless uh the um, yeah they're going they're both going early they're both uh, going early with the non-conference games there's not much if you really look at it so um there's not a lot of conference games but yeah they both open the 12th I mean, yeah, actually I UAB that. at Miami is September 10th so They'll have the first two weeks to themselves before the SEC kicks in on the 26th. Yeah, I do see that now that you mentioned Duke and Notre Dame are going to play that game. But but regardless, yeah. my point still stands. In, in Big Ten country, when, when it really – I mean, you turn on your TV and there's no Big Ten. You go to – you know, you're not going to any of the f- wonderful venues throughout the Big Ten footprint. Um, you know, as you said down there, they're already poking fun at the Big Ten for not playing. Kevin Warren, this is, this is his legacy. And the fact that, you know, the lack of uh, – he didn't have any answers when he sat down with the Big Ten network after he canceled the season. He had to know he was going to be asked these questions. What would they have him on for if not to ask those? questions um there's hope against there's there's still people clinging to hope that the big 10 will have an about face i can't see it bama i know they've got they found this new test the saliva test which is a game changer not just for sports but for humanity for crying out loud uh anyway i mean what's the what's the talk down there do they the any chance that you know people down there think that there's a chance that the big 10 will come around i i don't i don't well first of all i don't think they care (laughs) Whether the Big Ten plays or not, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't. I really, there's just not much discussion other than to kind of poke fun at them. And listen, this Kenny, the states cannot be any any higher. I mean, and and when I say that, I don't, I'm not talking about just TV money and you know bragging rights and everything else. This literally can could be life and death with this virus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it. We we've heard of young people getting infected. Um, you know, offensive linemen, bigger guys in particularly seem to be susceptible. African-American um, populations seem to, for whatever reason, Disproportionate. seem to yep. be more susceptible. We don't know why. And I was watching something yesterday, and people were asking, you know, um, you know, well, why don't we know more? And it's the the fact is that, it that you know, it's A, it's a worldwide pandemic. It hit so quickly and infected so many so quick there's just you know we were we were struggling just to you know to try to keep people alive and out of hospital beds and everything else so that you know the the research that's going on and now you've got research going on all over the world but it, it's just the stakes are literally life and death on this and if the sec gets it wrong i mean they're going to and rightly so they're going to suffer a lot of pr and a lot of consequences are going to come out of this. Um, if they get it right and the Big Ten is just sitting there, you know, on the sideline kind of watching and the Pac-12, everything else, I mean, they're they're going to be the ones that got it wrong. So I, 
listen, as much as I love the sport, I can't fault the Big Ten or the Pac-12 for whatever reason they base their decision. And I don't know that we're really ever going to know. There's a lot of stuff coming out now. You can't fault them for erring on the side of caution. I think it's amateurism uh, and liability are the two biggest factors, yeah. but anyways. I totally, totally agree with you. I, I think somebody ran the numbers and said, listen, if this thing goes bad, I don't care if you have them sign waivers, whatever reason, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, if this thing goes bad and people get sick, people lose their lives, uh, there's going to be lawsuits and you're never going to be able to defend them all. I agree with you. Um, but the SEC, for whatever reason, uh, and I don't think this is driven by science, Ken. They can say it is. Um, I can tell you the state I live in right now, I mean, there's outbreaks everywhere. There's outbreaks all over the South. This thing is not under control. But whatever reason, they are forging ahead. And the stakes, like I said, it's literally life and death. And, and we'll see what happens. Bama, we saw North Carolina after a week on campus. They shut it down and went to online only. More than likely, mm-hmm. that's going to happen across the country in a lot of these different campuses. What would it take short of a player contracting COVID and, and dying before the season? What would it take for the SEC to pull the plug before they get started in late September? I think it's just going to be sheer numbers, Trent. I think, you know, if you have outbreaks at what at, at multiple schools, and I'm talking about, you know, kind of we saw a Clemson, I guess it was in the spring. It was. Yeah, it, yep. What, 20, 30, 35 players, whatever it was, just kind of ripped through there. Um, if you see that type of outbreak, and Ken mentioned the saliva test and what a game changer mm-hmm. it is. It is, but only in the fact that it detects it and detects it quicker, and you can quarantine quicker. But, I, I mean, if you if you have 50 players in quarantine for two weeks, and the, 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 real, the, the real bitch of this, and I'm sorry to say that, about this virus is you can be asymptomatic. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You can feel great and have it. And give it to somebody and put their life at risk. That's the that's the whole problem around this whole virus. So it's not just oh well okay you got it you can be out for a week you'll be back. We there's so much unknown about it. But I I just I don't I don't know short of you know maybe if Nick Saban got it and got put on a ventilator maybe the people would would wake up. I don't really know. And I say that hoping that doesn't happen obviously. But I, I don't know what it would take, Trent. I, I really don't. Like I said, they're not being driven by the science or the, you know, the data uh, by the medical community. They're just going forward, and for whatever reason, however they're making these decisions, and I think it's just due to sheer popularity of the sport and, of course, money. Uh, they're going to get paid a lot of money to have these games on television, even though there's no fans in the stands initially, uh, and the communities are going to suffer because you're not going to have the big crowds gathered, uh, or you shouldn't have them anyway, right. at least early. But I don't, I don't know what it would take short of, you know, just massive outbreaks and, you know, kind of like you see in baseball where they have to shut it down for a couple of weeks. And then I know there's bye weeks built in, but I don't know. I mean, it, right now there does there does not seem to be a, a plan or an alternative to, to stopping this. Uh, guys, we got a couple of minutes left uh, in this segment. So, you know, we, we have the schedule in front of us. Is there one week um, – Opposed to the others that you just, like, we're going to watch every week, right? But what week, Bama and Trent? Trent, I'll start with you. What's your favorite week? The easy one is, of course, rivalry week. So I stayed away from that okay. just because the Iron Bowl. And, boy, there's there's something about that game. And even that's here Thanksgiving in weekend, right? It is, yep. yeah. So I went to, well, the other big one that you always look at at the SEC schedule. November 14th this year, 
Alabama going to Baton Rouge to take on the Tigers after that game a year ago. You also get a couple of, I think, okay games that weekend. I really like the A&M at Tennessee game. I think mm-hmm. that one's really yep, good. I'm with you. And it's a game that we haven't seen a whole lot since A&M made the move there. So that one jumped out to me. Georgia making their way up to Missouri. like that game, too. So that was where I went. It is uh, week 11, if you will, in the overall schedule of college football this year, but the weekend of November 14th. How about you, Bama? I like October 3rd. Uh, you look at the AC, all three conferences are playing. Uh, you know, Virginia, Clemson. Yeah. Oklahoma at Iowa State, I think it's got a chance to be pretty good. Obviously, you guys got a lot of interest up there. TCU at Texas, A&M at Alabama, Auburn at Georgia. I mean, that's a pretty full day. You know, for three conferences, that's not, you know, with no Big Ten, no Pac-12, that's a pretty good day. Um, I I do like what Trent said. You know, obviously, Alabama, LSU, you know, kind of dominates it. Um, You know, the next week, Florida State, Notre Dame. Virginia Tech, North Carolina. You got the Texas, Oklahoma. Now, hey, now slow State. down, Bama. You're stealing my thunder, kid. Oh, my bad. Okay, October third. Okay, I'll go October tenth, Bama. And here's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, your your week October third is good. Trent's uh, I found a good one too. But I I settled on the October the tenth. Miami, Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, uh, Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Um, Florida, Texas A&M should be okay. Texas, Tennessee, and Georgia. So there's a lot of good ones. You know what's not on the schedule, boys? Trent. The, the game? Well, I had a lot of games. There's no big yeah. there's Michigan, no Ohio State. There's nothing, man. When you see it lined up like this and on, and on paper, and on, in this case, uh, on, on a desktop, it just drives home the point. Good yeah, gosh. Yeah, when you can print the entire, you know, Power five schedule on five sheets of paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a oh my god! But listen, you know, look, Kenny. I got to tell you, you know, what two three weeks ago, I think we were all looking at, you know, we're not going to get anything. Yeah. You know, we might get the SEC. The SEC might go it alone. Well, right now we've got three. I still think it's fifty fifty at best that we that we finish it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's sixty forty that in in favor. You know that we start it. I I just don't know that we're going to be able to finish it. I, I you know I hope this new test is a game changer. I just think you're going to have you know attrition and, and and then you know like we said the big elephant in the room is I mean if something goes horribly wrong, I mean I think at that point and rightly so if you know players are going to shut it down. They're going to say listen I'm not I'm not doing this. You know some some kid gets put in the ICU or or worse. Uh, they're not going to play, and I don't blame them. Bama, we're out of time. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Bama Bob. Always enjoy it, Ken. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you, Bama Bob. Trent and I going around college football. KXNO and iHeart want to help you uh, with your bills. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Zubin Mahente from ESPN Radio joins us next. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Net. The Beaverdale Farmer's Market features entertainers and vendors selling fresh local foods. Vendors at the Beaverdale Farmer's Market offer produce, baked goods, handcrafted items, and prepared meals. Stop by the Beaverdale Farmer's Market, Tuesdays from 4 o'clock until 7.30, located at Franklin Middle School. 
48th Street in Franklin in Des Moines. And don't forget your mask for the Beaverdale Farmer's Market. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Working on Zubin Mahente, who uh, was uh, scheduled to join us. Hopefully he will. If he doesn't, we'll uh, reschedule him at his convenience. Day number two of his new program in the book, so maybe they're going over what went. Have you seen it or heard it at all? I have not yet, no. I flipped on uh, ESPN2. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them are in studio, well separated from each yeah. other. And uh, look, they got great guests, as you would anticipate, course, right? I mean, yep. Bill Belichick was on yesterday. Fields was on. Um it's going to take some time. People don't like change. Well, Mike Golick was there for 20 years. That's just it, right? Yeah. I, th- I think it was January 1st, 2001. Is that what it was? That when Mike and Mike launched. So I thought that was the beginning of KXNO, too. Oh, really? I think. Have they been a Fox Sports affiliate here the whole time? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, I, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. I know where the jock had ESPN mm-hmm. at the time. Um, they had, uh, who did the morning show? Alex. I don't know Alex's name and Jack Emerson. Okay. Oh, I know who it was. It was, uh, Gary Howe. Gary Howe. Don't know that name. He was a barnstormer. Oh, okay. And Kotler was doing it for a while, but I think Jack and Alex were the first morning team on KXNO. I think. See, we were on the jock, so I wasn't really paying attention because we were the 800-pound gorilla. Right. Least still, uh, we had, it was Dyer and me in the mornings, Dyer uh-huh. and I. Uh, Dace was solo in the afternoons. Okay. And then we filled in with uh, ESPN, I guess. Did we have Rome? I think we probably had Jim Rome. Okay. And we had the fabulous sports babe. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, she was... She had a huge, huge audience. Right. Very, very popular. So uh, I don't know the answer to your question, but I do. I'm pretty sure that uh, that was the same day uh, that this very radio station began um, broadcasting sports. January 1st, 2001 rings a bell because they they stunted. They had a countdown clock or something. on, on the frequency. Let's get to Zubin Mahente, ESPN. He joins us. Zubin, Trent, and Ken, how are you, Zubin Mahente? How are the first two days? It's been a lot of fun. You know, I think the biggest thing I have to remember, you guys have been doing it for so long. It's just sort of, when do we want to have a lot of guests? Because they've gotten us some really great guests. They i got sure to give have. a ton of credit to our colleagues. Uh, and when do we just want to talk? You know, when do we just want to be sports fans? When do we want to kind of Mix it up, and when do I want to let Key uh, and Jay just go at it? Uh, it always feels like the latter makes for better radio, mm-hmm. but I know at the same token, with everything swirling, having those big names today, Coach Cal and Coach K were on, and we had Castellanos on day one after everything with the Reds, and we were able to get A-Rod on day one. Bill Belichick actually joined us. I, w- I saw one. that part, too, and that was the uh, portion of the show that I tuned in for was Belichick. And it was one of those things where it was interesting, but at the same token, I think we just want to make sure um, that we're talking about what people want to talk about. That's the other challenging thing, too. It was always Iowa, Iowa State, break you and I when I was there in the high yeah. schools. Um, here, it's just sort of like not everybody's into Major League Baseball. 
not everybody's into Coach K and Coach Cal yet because it's too early to think about college basketball. So it's a lot of trial and error playing it by year, but it's been a lot of fun. So t- take us, uh, you know, the behind the behind the scenes, if you will. Uh, you're on national radio, Trent, and I are working mid mornings in Des Moines. So at the end of our show, we don't sit down and, in, you know, have a producer come in and sit down. And, yeah, this is what we, what we liked. We want you to do this differently. Do you guys at, at the end of your show comes to an end? Uh, do you uh, reconvene at some point and what went right and what went wrong and how you can do things differently? What's national radio like from that perspective? Well, what's funny is at least the way we're doing it. Um, I used to think I knew what a good radio segment was, right? So when I watch a segment back or we listen to something, I often think to myself, that was a little too much or it got a little out of control here or everybody's trying a little too hard there, you know, pressing and all that. And sometimes people will say, no, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. And I guess when you're used to listening to things just one way, anything different than that style just seems so out of whack. So that's one of those things where when you work with two guys that are totally different, I used to joke that he is forceful and Jay is thoughtful. It makes for good radio because they're two totally different guys, one's 48, one's 38, one's a little more reserved, one's totally out there <laughs> with regards to his swagger. So it's one of those things where for us, after every show, we get uh, detailed, I mean like old school detailed feedback, like a long email, you know? <laughs> and it's one of those things where they go segment by segment, here's what we like, Here's what we didn't. We need to do this quicker. You know, uh, today, for example, we had uh, Coach K on, and when Coach K talks about Dan Gavitt, who's the NCAA's vice president of basketball, senior vice president for basketball, and if we don't say who Dan Gavitt is, we'll have a note saying, how many uh, listeners do you think know who Dan Gavitt is? They know who Coach K is, but Dan Gavitt's sort of an insidery guy. Let's attribute him. Uh, let's get other voices out there. Let's take some calls. That's something ESPN Radio doesn't do a lot of. Mm, morning, take yeah. some calls. So we're going to try to do all those sorts of things. Um, you know, for example, uh, Jay said this morning, you know, he thinks if Kawhi and the Clippers win the title this year, that would be three titles in three years. In the prime of his career, he would be the MVP of all three of those title teams. Let's say that's what happens with the Clippers. Nobody in NBA history has ever done that, having three titles with three teams as the MVP of all three in the finals. And like I said, he'd just be scratching the surface. And at that point, Jay said, you know, he becomes an all-timer. You don't think about Kawhi as an all-timer because in 2020, his personality just doesn't mesh. He's right. not really out there. But they would say, listen, he's an all-timer. And, you know, our bosses would say, listen, we need to talk about that. We go in at 5 o'clock to talk about everything, listen to all the audio. And we might say after the show, you know, hey, how come we didn't realize Jay was so hot on Kawhi Leonard? That should be the first thing we talk about. Then again, maybe it's just a question that triggers that response that we, if it wasn't asked we never would have got it out of jay and then we'd be like hey jay you got to tell us if you think something like that is the case that you know the lakers playing tonight he being from los angeles um but at the same token just sort of thinking about things and saying does everybody really know he's from los angeles do they know he played for the bucks do they know he played for the jets the cowboys usc not taking anything for granted so the feedback is Pretty thorough, and we usually get there around five every day and uh, chop it up, and uh, we try to be as loose and organic as we can. Four-hour radio show. That's a long one. Mm-hmm. We, we do half of that here every single day. I've done three. I've, I've done four hours before. It's not exactly fun. It is long. Take us through. You're used to one-hour sports centers. When, in the beginning of your career, you're ready for, what, two and a half, three minutes <laughs> right. on local television. What four hours is a couple of days into it? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is because none of us really knew each other super well before the program started, actually working a lot with each other is stemming our learning curve. I mentioned, you know, for us, it'll be 20 hours in a week. You're right. Normally when I'm doing sports or any project, it would be five. And, you know, in local TV, it might be 10 minutes a week for five days or 15 minutes a week tops. Um, I also think people have kind of said, like, well, you know, you three don't really know each other. It may not really help the show out. I actually don't think it's a deterrent. I actually think it's a positive um, because I'm not really sure what some of these guys are going to say. Um, for example, we had uh, the guy that is the president of the Washington football team uh, on today, and uh, he and Jay, you could just see how much that appointment, I mean, he's 38 years old, he's the youngest team president in NFL history, you could see how much that appointment meant mm. to those guys being African-American. Yeah. And that's not something I could relate to, but for them, it was an amazing moment, and they were able to, and you know, Keyshawn was one of the first people, you know, and this is why the show, I think, is going to be really interesting. Instead of, I think, nine times out of ten, you bring them on and do what I did, which is to essentially say, tell us how you got this job. You know, tell us how this worked. You had a bunch of secret meetings. It was pretty clandestine. It came out of nowhere yesterday morning during mm -hmm. our show. But Keyshawn essentially said, and this is why I think, like I said, he's a different guy. He said, listen, you know, um, you have a Hispanic head coach. The Hispanic head coach hired the NFL's first female African-American position coach. The team's senior vice president of broadcasting is a woman. Mm -hmm. And now you are the president of this team. Do you think all of that was done because everybody was ready to get the job they got? Or do you think all of that happened because Daniel Snyder needed to clean up his mess with regards to the Redskins name and some of the things that were alleged in the Washington Post about the bad culture with the Redskins? That was a very bold thing. That's not something I would ask. I would just say, hey, listen, you got the opportunity. Good luck. Go for it. But everybody's thinking it, Zubin. Yep, everybody's thinking it. Yep. He's the only guy that's going to say it. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's Barkley. Barkley's very much like that. He just says a lot of things that people are thinking. Uh, but he was straight. And for him to actually come out, not just say it yesterday when the news came out, Ken, but when we actually had him on to essentially mm. say, listen, we're, we're not trying to be skeptical or negative, but we've just sort of noticed this. And he took it head on. So I think you're going to get some really bold moments on this show uh, especially from Key, who I don't hear, I don't think at all is here to tow the company line. Well, and uh, Zubin, here's the other thing too, and we're going to get into sports just just uh, as an aside or uh, a statement from me. Look, you're about to embark on the NFL season. That's Key's wheelhouse, right? Then you're going to go right into basketball season. Well, you're already in. I saw Jay Will uh, yesterday. He was uh, on with uh, Jalen Rose and Maria Taylor uh, in the pregame and in um, a postgame, etc. Um, so you guys are about to the, these your two co-hosts expertise uh, is about to come into both of their respective seasons. Well, speaking of those seasons, Zubin, the SEC came out with their schedule yesterday. It was a big deal on the SEC network. We know the ACC is playing. We also know that uh, the Big 12 is playing. How much pressure is there on Kevin Warren? Does it continue to build by the day? I mean, we're starting, uh, there's a bunch of schools. Parents have sent letters. I guess parents from Ohio State and Iowa are converging in uh, on the Big 10 offices in Chicago on Friday. They hope to meet with the commissioner. Zubin, I think that, that it's a noble gesture that these parents are, are uh, putting forth. I don't think it's going to change anything. Uh, what's the consensus on Kevin Warren? Is there still a chance that Big Ten fans throughout the Big Ten footprint will be able to see their team this 
fall? I don't think so. We actually had Justin Fields on yesterday. That's probably the guy I should have mentioned first with the petition and everything that was was around that. Um, you know, it's, it's noble of him. I mean, at this time next year, he's going to be a millionaire in the face of an NFL team. He and Trevor Lawrence don't really need to do this or be a part of this, but it does actually speak volumes that they're willing to do this. Um, but I think that according to Fields, you know, he wants an immediate reinstatement. And this has been my thought all along. I, you know, it's very difficult to tell a bunch of 22-year-old guys, we mentioned this on the air, play the long game. Just please play the long game. I know you want to play right now, and you got to get out there on the 12th, the 26th, or whenever your respective league says they want to play of the three that actually want to go out there and still play. But it's as strange as it sounds, even though the players want to go now, if you said to the leagues and the NCAA, because we asked, I asked Justin Fields point blank, if you could say anything to Kevin Warren, Dr. Hainline, Brian Hainline, who's the NCAA's chief medical officer, your own AD, Jane Smith, what would you tell them? And he just talked about how passionate he was and that we need to have transparency and that it's crazy that the student-athletes have no say in what happens to the student-athletes. But I do believe if they said, listen, if we play spring football, we've got eight months from now until March. Let's just call it March. Who knows when it would really start? You've got eight months to make sure all of our demands are met. Um, you're not going to be able to get your demands met by the 12th of September or the 26th of September. That's just not realistic. So, um, But, again, with younger people, they want things now and they're impatient. But if we think back to when you were 18 or 22. But I said the ironic part about waiting is even though you don't want to wait and you don't want to play in the spring, Nick Saban is really passionate about that today yep. on Get Up, our morning show. He called the JV football playing in the spring, realizing the lack of talent that would sit out if the NFL was there. I said, listen, I know you want to play now. Wait till the spring and put those conferences on notice and say, look, here are the demands. You've got eight months to meet them. We'd rather play now instead of then. But if we play then, you've got to give us these things. So I think if somebody shook the players and said, if we could do this in the spring, you might get what you, you've seeked all along. That might help them. But I don't think Kevin Warren, especially considering, you know, he's been on the job since January. <laughs> I mean, hmm. He gets on the job. It's coronavirus. Cancel the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, put play and cancel March Madness, first league to go conference only, first league to postpone. He's been leading the way for sure, and I just don't think he can have his one big thing, the, the, the number one thing he's been working on and what he's going to be known for, no matter how long he's in his athletic administration, you just never want to take back that first decision. Um, I think almost you have, to be, you have to be willing to stand there and be bold and almost be indignant that even if you were wrong, I think if he pulls back on this, everything he does moving forward is going to be questioned. I think you've got to stay on your ground and deal with it, even if the blowback has been incredibly severe. If they pull this off, the other three conferences, ACC, SEC, and of course the Big 12, how impactful in a negative light is it for the Big 10? These conferences pull it off, and the Big 10 just sitting here saying, hey, maybe we'll play in the spring. I think I look at it the other way. I think the Big Ten rolls the dice and says, what if we sit out and something tragic happens to them? And I, like to use, I don't like to use the word tragic, but you know, I mean, one death, one death would change everything. Yep. I mean, it would completely upset the apple card with regards to how people view this and how people's attitudes would change. So I know what you're saying, that if everything, you know, Fields told us yesterday, I think the most, the, the best thing Fields said was, he goes, you know what, it's really going to hurt. Yeah, it hurts now, and I want to play. And look, if I stayed at Georgia, we mentioned this this morning, if Fields had not transferred, he would be starting at Georgia right now 
Hmm. And the SEC is playing and the Big Ten isn't. Right? So that could have been an idea. Obviously, it would have sit behind from, and there would have been more frustration. Could Kirby make him work? Who knows? Obviously, Ryan Day's been great. That's a small item. But he said, listen, he goes, you think I'm bothered right now? Where it would really bother me is if I turned on the TV Saturday and those three other leagues and my brothers and my you know colleagues are playing and I'm not. That day it would hit me harder than it would talking to you on the phone right now, realizing no matter how many signatures I got on this petition, nothing would happen. So I actually look at it the other way, Trent. You're right. If the other three are able to pull it off, Kevin Warren can sit there and shake his head and say, maybe we should have had a longer runway. Maybe we should have waited a little bit longer. But I think they look at it from a more conservative bent and say, you know what? What if the other thing happens? What if the reverse happens? And I think they are okay realizing the risk-reward in that perspective. Zubin, we're out of time. Congrats on the new show. Two days into it. We appreciate you still uh, finding time for uh, Trent and I here uh, in Des Moines on a weekly basis. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Zubin Mahente. Best of uh, luck uh, with you uh, on ESPN Radio in the morning show. Thanks, Zubin. Thanks a lot. Apartment hunting will now begin. <laughs> ah, nice. Get after it, Zubin. Good to talk to you. Take See. care. Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN. I'll take a time out, come back, wrap up the program, look forward to today, and there's certainly a lot of sports to look forward to today. Get started 1230 this afternoon with a little NBA. We got hockey. We got baseball. Where are the Twins? Twins, uh... They are, is it Milwaukee again? Uh, that would work for me. I have it right in front of me. They host the Brewers at 710. Burns Maeda, the pitching matchup. I like that one. Also, when we come back, a t-shirt to give away. It's, well, uh, we have one to give away today. We have some details coming up and see how well you know one of the hosts here of Miller and Condon. That's what we're going to do today. Well, are you asking me? I Not you, gotcha. the listeners. Well, that that make it uh, that might make for a good contest, Trent, because I would win if you were p- putting me in the spot. Right, because I yes. think I know me pretty well. Anyways, yeah. back after this, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, and one of his favorite shows. Condon, final couple of minutes, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. So happy, Digging deep for this one, Trent. Oh yeah, Kurt Cobain. Okay. One of my faves. So a uh, little contest here to give away a T-shirt. Boss Prince has them. People haven't seen them. You can find them uh, on Twitter all over the place. We've had them up there on social media, on Facebook. Uh, we don't use the Instagram account very much. I know you're not an Instagrammer. I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm trying to get in there a little bit more and get some more pictures up. Mostly family follows me over there. But um, driving to Colorado, and when you get to North Platte, basically past that, it's not a whole lot of radio stations. <laughs> it's not a whole lot of anything. And my wife doesn't exactly like listening to sports podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, she enjoys country music. That's not my like. And then there was plenty of country music stations as about what we could find. And I was thinking as we're driving and scanning, no radio station, no radio station. I have some CDs still in my car. I completely forgot about them until the middle of Nebraska. So I pulled it out and I played three CDs. So anybody that listens... I think knows the kind of music you like. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, yep. at the top of the list. Right. A lot of that 70s type yep. rock. For me, I think people that listen understand when a song plays from a different era, that's probably the on the my music. playlist. Right, right. <laughs> so three CDs were played. Name one of the three bands, if you can name one of the three of the CDs that I had in the car that I played on the way to Colorado, we'll get you a t-shirt from Bros Prince, a new 
KXNO t-shirt. Give us a call at 284-5966. All right, pretty simple. So yes. uh, tomorrow we're going to have Cappy. He'll join us at 1105. Look mm-hmm. forward to catching up with Cappy. Mitch Holtis will be a part of things. Your twins tonight, the, uh, the Cubbies are on at 715. If you're looking for the Royals, they have been postponed. They'll have a double dip tomorrow. Double header. And some of these double header times are just so odd. It was great yesterday. Yeah, just back, back, bang, and bang. Seven inning games, man. They do fly by. All right, uh, you callers, keep uh, stay right there. Trent will get you on the other side. Murph and Andy coming up at two. The Fanatics at four o'clock. Morning rush tomorrow morning at six. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays ten to noon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three.